Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Tuesday, November 28th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down this Tuesday uh, NHL card. And we are definitely uh, looking forward uh, to what hopefully will be another uh, great day of hockey. It's a huge day for us. Not only have we got our daily show, as always, right now uh, to break down the card for this Tuesday, uh, we are also going to have our November live betcast, primary November live betcast. We've done a couple for members only. This is for everyone, the all uh, free for the public, free for all, anyone invited. Come one, come all, if you will. Uh, live betcast tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, looking forward to it. Huge Tuesday night. A lot of intriguing games. Majority of teams in action. Two playoff rematches on the slate as well when you talk about Florida versus Toronto and Vegas versus Edmonton. So exciting night. Lots of good hockey, hopefully a lot of winning, profitable live betting uh, hockey as well yes. uh, for us tonight. So looking forward to that live betcast, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, DM or email me or Alex, and we will make sure we get you the link uh, for the betcast uh, before it begins. We'll do the recap and, of course, to uh, Tuesday's games in, um, in just a little bit. Uh, but first, we will begin with probably the news of the day. Uh, obviously, we know that Patrick Kane has been uh, looking for uh, a new home and has certainly been working hard in the offseason and the early part of the regular season, just on the sidelines, trying to recover from his hip surgery, uh, trying to get himself back into game shape and just uh, letting teams court him, I guess you could say, uh, over the course of the last few months. Well, he came to a decision today, and the decision was made by Patrick Kane to join none other than the Detroit Red Wings Yes, the Detroit Red Wings that for the majority of the pre this century, uh, when you think about it, were pretty much the bitter, hated arch rival of the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, the team that Patrick Kane had all that success with, played his whole career with for the most part, won all those Stanley Cups with. Yeah, that Chicago Blackhawks team. Yeah, but back in the day when Alex and I were just kids, we're old enough to remember that those two teams hated each other's guts. That if you were a Chicago Blackhawk fan, you could not be seen ever under any circumstance cheering for the Detroit Red Wings. And I am sure it was vice versa uh, for the other fan base. And now here we are, November 28, 2023, and Patrick Kane is a member uh, of the Detroit Red Wings. Look, there's going to be young kids that aren't going to react much to this and say, well, you know what? They've been out of the division and out of our conference for years. Is it really that big of a deal? But for the longer time, NHL hockey fans and the people that have been around longer, like Alex and I, you remember those days when Chicago and Detroit hated each other's guts and got into line brawls and said shit to each other on the ice that uh, would make uh, make some of the stuff you hear on the ice today, you know, uh, a little bit tame in comparison. You remember that and, and you see something like this. If you're an old school hockey fan and you're a part of the older crowd, you're looking at Patrick Kane signing with the Detroit Red Wings and you're thinking to yourself, wow. How could he do that? Like, seriously, there was a part of me like, how could he do that? Really, Detroit, you know, a team that Chicago was an, uh, the, the arch rival of this team, the Blackhawks, the team that Patrick Kane had all his glory with, and now he's playing for Detroit. So there's that element to it. Uh, I know the old, younger generation is not going to react to that as much because they don't remember the times when Chicago and Detroit had that 
just an incredibly bitter rivalry. But Alex and I did. And Alex, I know you have some serious thoughts, opinions, and feelings about Patrick Kane's decision today. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, incredible hockey talent that, you know, is looking for a free agent spot, coming back off of a major surgery. You know, like I said, it, it's a, it was a wide-open situation from the get-go. You know, you wondered – he had to ask himself if he wanted to come back and play at all. You know, of course, he, you know, everybody wondered, would he come back to the Hawks? And it didn't make sense for him to come back to the Hawks. Obviously, this is a guy who's making 10 to $12 million a year and wanting to play on a contending team. And when he's healthy, still can be one of the most lethal offensive threats in the league. So it didn't make sense to him to come back to Chicago with a team that's trying to rebuild. It made sense for him to go to a contender. But he chose to go to, to Detroit, mainly because of the fact that he's friends with Alex DeBrinkin, who he was teammates with in Chicago. They had a great bond together on and off the ice. And certainly on the ice, if you guys remember the highlights toward the end of Kane's tenure and DeBrinkin's, you know, couple of years with Chicago, it was fantastic. They gelled just as well as Kane did when he was with Panarin and with some of his other line mates in the years and past with them before. And when you look at this from the surface, and you, you touched on it perfectly, Ian, the younger kids won't understand it because – the kids who may have even grown up seeing Patrick Kane in the Showtime era and that dynasty and the, the majority of Hawks fans now who just joined on and really started becoming deep, true Hawks fans in 2008 and beyond, all they saw was, you know, we're playing as a division rival and we beat them in the playoffs a couple of years. They beat us in the playoffs a couple of years. And then all of a sudden they go over to the East. They don't go back to the history of the 90s. When, like you said, when I started watching hockey, the first, the second Hawks game I ever attended in my life, me going to, uh, you know, the United Center, it's 20,000 people in there, but it's 15,000 Red Wings fans. I'm seeing red and white more than red and black. And, and that stirred me up something forever because that's not how it's supposed to be as far as I'm concerned. It's a rivalry that goes back years and years. The Detroit Red Wings wouldn't even exist without the Chicago Blackhawks. James Norris needed the help of Arthur Works to secure different things to even get – uh, that building, you know, set up and ready to have an NHL franchise. When Detroit, they had the Cougars, they almost folded, and then they came back, and then the Red Wings were in commission. Red Wings almost folded twice uh, during the times in the 30s and 40s if it wasn't for the Hawks helping them out because that rivalry meant something to those two cities. It kept the league going throughout the original six. Yes, you have your Boston and Montreal, your Boston and Toronto, but if you were part of the – essentially the Western Conference formation at that point in the original six era, it was Chicago and Detroit. And that was a bitter, hated rivalry. You had, go back to the 70s and 80s when Detroit had finally fallen off when Gordie Howe was gone, but the Hawks were rising, but the Hawks could never quite get there and win the cup. But they had all this talent year after year after year, but we always beat Detroit. Why? Because Detroit sucked. And we beat them year after year after year after year after year. And we got back for all the years that we were getting our ass kicked in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And then you go into the 80s when they started to reform again. And now all of a sudden they become the powers. And now to see them take over our building, it made me sick as a kid. It makes me sick now whenever I see that building half empty. And that's the thing. Because of the fact that this is now a Eastern Conference, Western Conference rivalry, people don't care. You know, the younger people don't understand it. They don't get the venom in the rivalry. They don't understand how pissed off I was seeing a Red Wing fan throw an octopus in our building. They don't understand all of the dirtiness and the cheap hits that went back and forth throughout the 80s and 90s and all the bullshit that went on with these two teams. They don't get it. So 
they just think of this as just another trade. They think of this as just another home home. Oh, well, you know, uh, he's playing with an original six franchise. People don't even understand the depth of that anymore. And that's the sad part is our rivalry is now pretty much gone. No one cares about this anymore. This could happen to any rivalry. You know, the only reason you have the other original six rivals that hang on together is really by division. If Toronto was back in the Western Conference again, which some of you may not know this, Toronto actually was in the Western Conference for a while. Chicago and Toronto actually had a really good rivalry in the 1990s. But if they went back to the Western Conference, that would probably change some of the things in the East just simply because the league said it changes. So I blame the fans is what I'm saying. Fans not knowing the history. The older fans not pressing and pushing the history. The players not giving a shit. We had Mark Bell and Danny DeKaiser on this season. And when we asked them about the Hawks-Red Wings rivalry, am I not lying in? They both, without actually going, "Eh, meh, they pretty much could have could have gave two shits about it the way that they that they talked about it. Okay, plain and simple. I've been wanting to say that for a while, just personally. I thought that was interesting on both sides how they just could not really care about it because it doesn't You're matter. Right. They didn't make it out to be a big deal at all. Yeah. And quite honestly, that they both played in a time when that rivalry was dying or not like it once was. Yeah. Yeah. And so that trickled down to the fans, and now the fans stopped giving a shit. And so for older fans, yeah, this is this is a horrific day in Blackhawks history. But for everybody younger, they just see this as, oh, you know, one of the greatest Hawks players of all time now goes play with another team. And, and, and that's depressing. And as a hockey fan, I'm upset by that. I'm upset to see that this rivalry is pretty much going to come to an end. It's not going to be the same feel, uh, you know, when, when they play in a couple of days from now at Little Caesars Arena. Certainly won't be the same feel on, this, on February 25th, which I won't be watching that game. Now, I was, I, I've been – dwelling on this for a while because I'm so upset with the fact that they are retiring Chris Chelios as number seven and not even doing that along with Brent Seabrook, just outright putting that on Chelios with the way that he left town and what he did in Detroit. So now you on top of that, you're talking about Patrick Kane making his return to the United Center of the Red Wings. I will not be watching that contest under no circumstances. Like I, like I said on Twitter, I'd rather watch a replay of my grandmother's funeral than watch that game. No Chelios Jersey night for Alex B. Smith. No. Uh, coming up uh, in Chicago. Not to mention he's on TNT a couple weeks ago saying what a great thing it would be for Patrick Kane to play yeah, for the Detroit right. Red Wings. Right. Pushing that rivalry on both sides. <laughs> pushing the pushing the narrative yeah. of it. Right. Because you know why? Yeah, because he doesn't give a shit because he's on both sides of the coin as far as he's so he, he would you know what? He has such an ego. He probably thinks that if there was ever a trophy to be named for the Hawks and Red Wings rival, they'd probably name it the Chris Chelios Trophy. The sickening part about it is he's right. They probably would do that when it should be named the Bob Probert Trophy, if anything, because he's the only one that I respect that went back and forth. You know why? Because the Hawks gave him a second chance at his career when he was down in the absolute dumps, and that's the only reason why Bob Probert's the only Red Wing that I absolutely truly respect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that that's sickening, too. Like, he's basically – I think if you're an old-school uh, fan – or someone that was involved in the Detroit-Chicago rivalry, um, you want no part of seeing Patrick Kane, you know, putting on a Detroit Red Wings jersey as a Chicago Blackhawks fan. And yeah, here's Chris Chelios, who played for Chicago, played for Detroit, really when that rivalry was still red hot yeah. and one of the fiercest, most bitter rivalries in the NHL. And he played on both teams throughout the course of that rivalry when it was a red hot rivalry. And he's going on TNT saying, you know what, just a nice casual – Go play for the Detroit Red Wings as a guy that played his whole career for the most part with the Chicago Blackhawks, the dreaded rival for the for the majority of time in the NHL. And and, yeah. and for if people who don't understand, this is if you are a, it's like a Red Wings or a Red Sox and Yankees 
dissolving yeah. into it out of a rivalry. It's it, somebody said Packers Bears, and yeah, you yeah. had Packers and Bears play for one another, but it was in different circumstances. In fact, Jim McMahon played for the 1996 Packers who won a Super Bowl. And when he went to the White House, he wore his number nine Bears jersey because he didn't get a chance to do that after the 85 season because of the Challenger disaster. So there's differences in that. This is not the same thing as that. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. And uh, right, I think from the sounds of it, Alex, and you said it to me earlier, um, you're more sad that not so much Kane going to Detroit. It's that this rivalry is dead. Yeah. Now, essentially, yeah. Chicago, a rivalry that we all grew up enjoying, loving, uh, being a big part of. You see Chicago, Detroit now, Saturday, coming up this weekend. Oh, we just yawn. Just another regular season game. That's essentially what it is now. Just another regular season. Just one of 82. That's it. That's it's all. tragic. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well said. Well said. Um, speaking of, we'll get off the Blackhawks in a moment, but we do have to mention the news that just dropped. Corey Perry on waivers and a statement put out by the Chicago Blackhawks. They're terminating his contract as well. After an internal investigation, the Chicago Blackhawks have determined that Corey Perry is engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the terms of his standard players contract and the Blackhawks internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. As such, Corey Perry has been placed on unconditional waivers. In the event Mr. Perry clears waivers, we intend to terminate his contract effective immediately. So there you go. Uncomfortable so were, and unsafe environment? Yeah. Hmm. Well, Interesting. So obviously go. people are going to jump to the, the big rumor that's been going around that uh, I won't say it yet because I still am going to wait till it's confirmed. I would, I would say that would make that would make things pretty fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, that that certainly for the people that have been uh, peddling that rumor, and you know, there, there's Charlie R, the, the, the Charlie the Greek, I'll call him, who covers the Blackhawks, posted a, 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 a made a post on X yesterday, shooting down those rumors about you know what uh, regarding Perry and a certain player's mother on the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, basically shooting it down. It's hundred percent false. So my, I've actually been of the belief all along. It was a false rumor, but you see this now, something yeah. definitely went down. There's no question yeah. uh, about that. Um, is it what that rumor is saying? Is it something else? I don't know, but obviously know. look, bad thing, bad situation, obviously. And Corey Perry's days in Chicago are over. Is he going to get another job now in the NHL? How are other teams going to have the guts to say, let's bring this guy aboard if they hear the details of whatever transgressions he made? So uh, yeah, it just, just got more it's interesting. Just a, it's just going to go down as one of those weird things and, and certainly Hawks history, but just hockey history of, okay, well, how did his career and just, just suddenly ended up having his contract terminated. So, We'll be yeah, Corey Perry to the wings. How about that, Corey Perry to the wings? Yeah, <laughs> that would be interesting. I don't think they need him though. <laughs> no, no. All right, so that's it, Corey Perry. Uh, it was nice while it lasted. It didn't even last two months, essentially. Uh, Corey Perry with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, last night, uh, we had a few games, obviously, in the NHL uh, take place. Uh, Florida and Ottawa, all Florida dominant. Ottawa, just a brutal game uh, by their standpoint. Uh, unfortunate uh, jo uh, play by them, just absolutely not very good. Uh, offensively, not good. Defensively, struggling. Uh, just a bad game against the uh, Florida Panthers last night. Struggles continue uh, right now for them. So that's not what you want to uh, see, uh, obviously, from the uh, 
Ottawa Senators. Florida bounced back after a couple of losses. It got really, really uh, nasty. A lot of scrums, a lot of mis- How about every player on the ice issued a 10-minute misconduct at one stage of the third period by referee Garrett Rank? Just every player on the ice, 10-minute misconduct and other assorted penalties. <laughs> That's what he said. The announcement uh, at one stage, of course, Kachuk got into a couple of dust-ups. McEwen and uh, Jay Sanderson, I applaud him stepping up and fighting uh, Matthew Kachuk as well. But it certainly got into a chippy game. And uh, leave it to, after all the nastiness, all the misconducts, all the scrums, a couple of fights, everything that went down, all the physicality, all the rough stuff in the third period, nobody could sum it all up better than our guy, our favorite head coaching quote, poet, um, you know, eloquent speaker, you name it, Paul Maurice, who summed it up perfectly uh, after uh, the uh, game uh, last night about the uh, – scrums that ended up taking place well worth a listen once again a real tough outing against winnipeg and and didn't look anything like the game that we want to play but i thought you know you know even in the third like it it, it gets a little squirrely but but the first two periods for sure in terms of technically how we want to play the game we were pretty darn good Oh, just a hockey game, you know like it's you can't play fight in the game and both teams want to win and you get a little snarly and that was fun. It was good. Oh, that's mild. That's mild. Well, we only got to about 160 some minutes there. It's got to get into the 250s before it gets too squirrely. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, it's just sometimes hockey can get like that. That's part of why the game's so darn great because it's graceful and beautiful and, and physical and angry at all at the same time. So it's good. It's good. For, probably good for both teams. You can both, you know, you get to get to make it part of the story of your year. Well said. Does he sum mean? that up perfect? Yeah, I was just going to say, no. does he sum that up perfectly? It's like he yeah. can say the perfect thing for every situation. Paul Maurice. He yeah. never fails to put it in the right context. He's right. Yeah. Physical, angry, beautiful, and graceful all at the same time. That's what hockey can be. And those are just, that's just one team sticking up for one another. Ottawa getting a little surly because they're down. They're getting their ass kicked. They're back in the tank again and struggling. Uh, and they want to lash out. And the other team obviously not going to take it. And that's what you get. And Paul Maurice sees that. We all see it. That's what it is. Yeah. That's the essence of hockey sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very eloquently said by by Maurice. And like I said, this is this is the things we these are the things we love about this sport and this game, you know. And, and I, I was kind of you know a little surly about the refs giving everybody the misconducts because you knew you knew what that was about, right? You know, okay, now we're throwing everybody out. So you, you know, obviously we're not going to see a bench clearing brawl anymore, right? We're not we're not in those days. We're long gone from that. But to you know. We're going to see, you know, more, probably see another fight or two. Now you can brush that because, you know, you're going to have the suspensions and everything that get out of hand. And you're taking that element away from the game. It's 5 nothing for crying out loud. You're lucky that everybody doesn't just go home, okay, in the last five minutes of a 5 nothing hockey game. But people stick around for souls because they like to see some of those scraps and some of those battles at the end of the game. And now trying to take that away, once again, just another part of cleaning up the game, as you like to say. Yeah, exactly right. So credit to Florida. And the Florida's back in action. We will get to them when they – play Toronto playoff rematch uh, there later tonight. How about the Bruins, man? Another loss five to two. And now the concerns rise a little bit for this Boston team. Another bad defensive game from them. Um, They all of a sudden, they gave up seven of the Rangers, five to Detroit, five to Columbus last night. That's 17 goals in the last three games. That is not Boston Bruins type of hockey. We're accustomed to seeing from them. 
They lose 5-2 to Columbus. I'll say this about the Jackets. This is, uh, you know, even the one game they've lost against Carolina, they've played a little better, you know, their last four games. So keep an eye on the Jackets. A little light at the end of the tunnel after just a horrendous uh, losing streak. They've played better hockey here the last uh, four games. We'll see if they can keep that going. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, God, I had a gut feel Buffalo might rise up, and they did. Uh, 5-1 against the uh, New York Rangers last night. Um, and that's what Buffalo does. I mean, I've said this for a long time on this show. When you get them as a big road dog against a team that you think is the better team, it's when you get Buffalo's best. I mean, it really has been uncanny when you get that from Buffalo. So the next time you see them, like plus 150 or greater road dog, road dog especially, not so much at home, but road dog especially, those are the spots where they pick off these better teams and have these big upsets. And we saw it again last night with Buffalo, 5-1 win putting it to the uh, New York Rangers and uh, a rare defeat for a Rangers team that had been uh, very, very solid of late. Uh, and what else did we see last night uh, in the NHL? A couple other games, Colorado, the big showdown with Tampa, 4-1, very, very solid effort from Colorado. And a good game from Georgiev, one of his better games. Stopped Kucherov on a breakaway in a key moment during that game. Uh, the big gun stepped up for the Avalanche. It was a great night for Nachushkin again, scores a goal, albeit an empty netter. McKinnon, Rantanen was good. McCarr was outstanding uh, last night. Uh, and Fort Drouin was very noticeable, too. He just couldn't put the puck in the net. But he had some chances, but unfortunately, no moss for our bargain bin. But uh, nevertheless, a good win for Colorado, 4-1. Uh, and then in the other two games last night, very disheartening loss for Vegas, Uh it was a good spot for them. But credit to Calgary. They hung around, hung around, and they have no offense right now, Vegas. The offense has just dried up. I mean, they are being held two goals or less. They get shut out at home by Arizona on Saturday. One goal last night against Calgary. Where is the offense gone for the Golden Knights? What a matchup tonight with the Oilers, Alex. Team can't score goals, and a team all year, for the most part, had trouble keeping it out of the net. So something's got to give with the uh, – Oilers and the Golden Knights tonight in that game, but a 2-1 win for Calgary. Kind of got screwed Vegas in overtime. That should have been interference at the blue yeah. line, clearly. Petrangelo got interfered with at the blue line right before Uyghur's goal, but too late now. Calgary gets the win there. And the last game uh, last night, really a snore fest, but credit to San Jose, 2-1. to one. Uh, They get the job done against uh, Washington. And you figure with San Jose beating Vancouver at home, if they can do that, they could probably beat Washington at home, and Washington's cooling off quickly. After that win streak, they've now dropped two in a row against Edmonton and San Jose. Any other thoughts, Alex, from last night? Well, yeah, but that Vegas-Calgary game, I mean, it's got to still be con really concerning for Golden Knights fans, the lack of offense uh, with Vegas. You know, and you just, you know, they had good pace early, uh, you know, end up getting the goal in the first period. Of course, you couldn't get en enough uh, for the you know, both teams to score. That was my best bet over the first period over. But then uh, they just clamped down defensively. And you know that's a that's a team in a, in a game where you're supposed to beat them three to one, four to one. So I, I'm not sure what's going on with Vegas right now. This this is a streak that may be continuing for a while, and this definitely might be, uh, you know, something to where we can maybe cash on upon fading Vegas a little bit longer, especially when they're on the road. They just definitely don't have the same gusto at home they do in the road. They're like the Wild from a few years back. You know, we talked about we love them at home, but we always try to fade them on the road. That's where Vegas has turned into somehow suddenly. So that's something that we have to keep an eye on. Uh, like I said, uh, Tampa and Colorado, like I said, I wanted to watch that game to see how Vasilevsky played. He didn't play bad. You know, there a couple of goals that he that he uh, allowed. Those are goals that most goalies would, would have given up. It wasn't anything that he was out of position. His movement looked good. He looked sharp, you know, enough to where – 
he doesn't seem to be rusty or seem to be you know missing a step. So that's a good sign for, for Tampa Bay. That's a tough loss, but you're playing against a good team and going in the altitude and things of that nature. So uh, that's not the worst of wins, but that's a good sign that I saw at least from Andre Vasilevsky moving forward. So those are the two big things I took away from last night. All right, on to Tuesday. Here we go. New York Islanders, New Jersey Devils. We've got New Jersey minus 160, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Devils, he sheer back makes a difference. If you don't believe me, watch Saturday against Buffalo. Everybody back in their regular spots. Chemistry, the finish offensively roared back. Now, was it a good game for Buffalo in their own end? No, but you can tell the difference. And the record sits, uh, says it for itself, speaks for itself with Hughes and Heashear together on the ice. And the New Jersey Devils, I believe, are 7-2 and two this year in games when they've got both Hughes and Heashear. So they've got them both back. Uh, I do like the Devils here. Um, I actually laid the money line price here, and I don't normally do that in this price range, but it fell to minus 150, and I grabbed it earlier today when it got down that low, which is my cutoff point. I think now if he, if he can get only minus 160 or, or – Around that range, there's even a minus 165 out there. I would say split it with regulation and money line. But I think New Jersey's ready to go on a run with both of them back. They're just such a much better team. I mean, they're the top two centers, and they're both playing in the right spot. Uh, no question. So, uh, you know, New Jersey, better defense, better at both ends of the ice because he's sure, obviously, offensively is good, but we know he's a terrific defensive center. We've said that for for as long as he's been in the league. So it's a big difference, and I think they're still the better of these two teams. Islanders got cooled off. They lost to the uh, Flyers uh, in a shootout the other night. And New Jersey already beat the Islanders this year. Uh, so I like the Devils here. I laid the price. I would say now you do a split between Reg and minus one uh, if you're going to get involved. I like the over as well a little bit here, six and a half, because the Islanders, to me, they can get dragged into this uh, offensive-minded battle, kind of like they did the last time. They played New Jersey. It ended up being a 5-4 game. So uh, over for me and the Devils in this one. What do you think, Alex? Islanders, Devils. Yeah, I would go Devils in regulation, too. I got to look and, and grab that price. But like I said, with everybody back in this Islanders team, still just kind of being a bit in disarray. Yeah, I think the Devils can kind of bring the fight to them. And a lean with the over, I would probably wait and grab a, a five-and-a-half in game. I, I think we can do that. I don't think we're going to yeah. see a, a bunch of offense early. We should be able to grab five-and-a-half, maybe even five-and-a-half plus money. So – We'll try to do that tonight on the BetCast. Absolutely. I think this is one of those games where if you're going to get involved pregame, keep it light. I want to point out Alexander Holtz. This is a guy that is starting to creep up offensively now uh, and starting to uh, uh, get going a little bit for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, First-round pick, uh, Curtis Lazar looks like he's going to play. They're, they've lost Eric Howla. Uh, he's going to be out for a little bit of time. Timo Meyer still out, but – They've certainly been able to keep things rolling. Uh, here is Alexander Holtz with goals in back-to-back games. So he is the bargain bin for me, at least in this game. He might even be the bargain bin for the uh, for the special of the night segment later on. But I really, really like this price we're getting with him. He scored in back-to-back games. He's plus 400 at FanDuel uh, to find the back of the net tonight. So Alex Holtz for New Jersey. Uh, absolutely, I think could be worth a look. Goaltending for this game, good uh, question. We don't have confirmations yet either way, but Sorokin and Vanacek is the uh, projection uh, right now for uh, this Islanders and uh, Devils game. All right, next up, we've got Florida and Toronto. Uh, Leafs minus 135, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. God, the spot screams Toronto. It really does. They're off back-to-back road losses against Chicago and Pittsburgh. Uh, they had leads in both games, could not finish. They've had a couple days off. They're back home in Toronto for the first time since before they departed for Sweden 
uh, for the global series. So they're, they're obviously going to be able to get back home, familiar surroundings. That's a good thing probably uh, at this point in time. Um, they already lost to Florida once this year on top of the playoff series loss last year. So, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs should bring a good effort. But there's that little element and voice inside that doesn't fully trust this group, you know, and, and it's just the old thing and it's minus 135. It's not like it's a phenomenal price here uh, on the Toronto side. Uh, I do think that's as good a spot as you could ask for, but there's that somewhat level of distrust here for the Leafs right now that I have. There's no question. I mean, for me, it's a Leafs or pass game. Um, but I'm not bullish and I'm not running to the window here for Toronto. That being said, Florida on the back-to-back, we saw what happened last night. It was a physical game, a lot of animosity. Uh, now you got to play back-to-back on the road. That's not a bet on spot at all, in my opinion, for Florida necessarily either, coming into this game tonight on the road on a back-to-back. Uh, and then when you look at the goaltending matchup, could be Anthony's, probably will be Anthony Stolar's here for Florida on the back-to-back after we saw Bob last night. Uh, Joel Wall uh, confirmed in net for Toronto. Couldn't set up any better for Toronto. Spot-wise, it screams Toronto, lean Toronto. But, man, this team and this price, at this price, and my mistrust of them right now, if if I get there with Toronto, it's not going to be a big bet. Let's put it that way. And I might even wait till the bet cast, see if we can get a better number in-game with them. Uh, What do you think here, uh, Alex? Panthers, Leafs. Yeah, you know, the, it's crazy, the trend of unders uh, in, in this series. Like I said, I'm looking at yes. eight straight games under the total. So uh, that might be the one thing I would kind of look at. You can grab it under six and a half at a plus price. We don't, we don't play a lot of unders often. If there was one to, to grab it with. And Toronto, like I said, isn't that one of these spots? Toronto at home, they kind of, you know, slug off a little bit in the first 20 minutes, down one nothing, and then they kind of bounce back and they win this game like 3-2 in overtime. Yes, with one exception. That's, those are usually the Chicago's and the San Jose's and the and the West Coast teams, and some of those teams they'll do that against. This is not supposed to be a team you do that against. You should All right. Beat your ass opponent. in the playoffs. Yeah, this is yeah, not and supposed a, to be and that. a division opponent, right? Yeah, so yeah, you should. Yeah. It should be. This should be a step up game for them, but it may not be. So I would yeah. lean to the to the under. Uh, like I said, we have this is a game we could wait for on the, on the betcast. But if you want to play something pregame, lean with the under. See how Toronto looks early too. Do they look down yeah. in? Do they look ready? Like mm-hmm. we want to beat this team. We're sick and tired. We're pissed off. We're sick of this Panthers team. Do they come out with that energy? You know, and if they do, then maybe now is the do, time they need to jump on Toronto. And if they do, and obviously because they're already favored, we're not going to get a lot of chances to maybe hit them live. But the way we attack that is look for team total live. Yeah, exactly, which you can definitely uh, maybe look for uh, in this game. I don't know if it's going to make a difference because Mitch Marner's been very underwhelming this year. It hasn't been bad, but he's been underwhelming. And uh, it's been noting notable lately. Everyone's talking about it. even Sheldon Keith has spoke up. They need more from Mitch Marner. They put him with Tavares and Bertuzzi tonight. Matthews, Nylander, and Nyes uh, on the uh, top line. See if that kind of shakeup uh, helps this uh, group a little bit. Uh, you know, for the Florida Panthers, um, you know, this could be uh, one of those situations for them where you look at Reinhardt's just been red hot. I mean, <laughs> I know you want to make a case for Kachuk, even though he's only got three goals. I want to see something from him before I start betting props uh, in this game. Uh, yeah, the draw is not a bad consideration, uh, uh, Tim, uh, with the uh, draw. I could see it. I didn't bet the draw here. But the problem is there's not a big history of draws with these two teams uh, head-to-head. But uh, definitely, I think it's a competitive game. Uh, Reinhardt, you know, is the obvious choice right now, in my opinion, for Florida. He has been the uh, definitely the straw that's stirring the drink offensively for them this season. All right, Carolina, Philadelphia, Hurricanes, minus 160 road favorites, six the total. 
Um, Carolina, uh, not an easy win against Columbus, but they found a way uh, to get the job done uh, after the, the shellacking they took at the hands of Tampa Bay uh, on uh, Friday. Now they play a Flyers team that actually went to Carolina and beat them just recently, uh, three to one. So a bit of a revenge spot here for uh, Carolina, who we still think is the better of these two teams. We'll see who's in net here. I, I want no part of the Canes at this price if it's Ronta. Uh, but if it's Kochekov, um, I'd probably think Carolina wins this game. But do I want to lay minus 160? No, it's a pass for me. Uh, maybe some props we'll look at um, closer to a puck drop. But even prop-wise, there's not a lot that stands out to me uh, in this game. So just all around, not much for me uh, with this one. And keep in mind, I'm in my biggest slump in the NHL right now. Uh, this season. So I'm, uh, if I've got uh, zero reason uh, to really, really like something in a game and this game stands out in that regard, there's no need to get involved. And right now for me, it's a pass here. Uh, what do you think, Alex, Carolina, Philly? Well, I'm just keeping it simple. First period over five and one, the last six meetings uh, between these two teams to the over. So minus minus one thirty. Now I'm going to play a half unit now, and then I'm going to look for plus money on the bet cast, wait about maybe one to two minutes into the game. Yeah, I could see goals early, and then it settles down. Uh, I think that's exactly what we saw, actually, in the game in Carolina uh, just recently. Uh, no question. Yeah, Nason's – I like that, Cuban. I, I like that. He has done a good job against the Flyers, Nason, and at that price, and you know, even though he's not going to score for you every game, this is just one of those teams where it seems like this is a team that he's been able to find the back of the net against, no question about that. Now, he's down on the fourth line. They buried Bunting there, too. They're, I can tell Rob Brindamore's not happy with uh, – Michael Bunting offense has dried up uh, and also the fact that, um, you know, he's also taken a lot of bad penalties, which is definitely not anything new or different for Michael Bunting. Uh, he can get like that. Sometimes it takes some stupid penalties, undisciplined, selfish penalties that hurt his hockey team. All right. Pittsburgh and Nashville. Uh, we got even money here. Minus minus one ten both sides, six and a half, the total shaded to the under uh, in this game. Uh, Nashville's hot Nashville. You know what? I'm, I'm going to give them their due and just, uh, Stay off na uh, fading Nashville for now because seven and four at home. They've gotten themselves back to 500. Both of these teams identical 10 and 10 records. How about that? 10 wins, 10 regulation losses uh, for both teams uh, so far uh, this season. Uh, Pittsburgh beating Toronto 3-2 in their last game, uh, snapping a mini two-game slide. Nashville's now won five straight. They've been very good here on home ice. They've won four straight here at home, five straight overall coming into this game. A 3-2 win against the Jets, uh, beating Winnipeg in their last game. I mean, it's Nashville or pass for me right now until I see this team uh, maybe decline a little bit. But the reason why they're winning is UC Soros is in one of his red-hot zones again. He's playing excellent uh, in goal for the uh, Nashville Predators. He has been confirmed in net tonight for the Predators here in uh, Music City. Uh, Tristan Jari uh, is going to get the uh, starting nod here in this game for the, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So, uh, you look at, uh, obviously, the way he's played, uh, and you see Saros when he's on it, his game, and you're seeing the um, Nashville Predators as well, scoring goals at the clip that they are scoring right now. Uh, that's what makes them a dangerous team uh, at the moment. So uh, Nashville, for me, uh, in this game, uh, around minus 105, uh, minus 110 in this one. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Penguins, Predators? Well, it's a Nashville game, so I'm going with first period. Both teams to score, I'll grab it, plus 150 at BetMGM. That's uh, that's all I got for this one because it's too, a little too high for that first period over, so it's something we might look for in the backcast. All right, there we go. Alex liking that first period, uh, both teams to score. Again, that's something that Alex has been looking at more and more, that 
first period, both teams to score. Uh, especially, you know what, when the one and a half is a line, you know, for the first period, uh, it's definitely good to look in that other direction uh, sometimes as far as that uh, is a concern. Uh, as far as props go in this game, you know, there are a few uh, that are of interest here uh, in the uh, prop market. Uh, for Pitt, for Nashville, take your pick on anyone in their top line right now. You know, whether it's O'Reilly and Forsberg and um, Nyquist. My gosh, <laughs> what has gotten into Gus Nyquist? Gus Nyquist is playing like prime Detroit Gus Nyquist from like a yeah. decade ago. <laughs> he has found it, man. And you just keep going with it until he cools off. He's going to cool off eventually. Right now, there's great uh, chemistry with that group. And you want to know why Nashville's lights out right now? That top line is just, they're all they're all rolling right now. Uh, and when you get your top line playing like that, uh, you can be a very dangerous hockey team. And we are seeing that right now from the uh, Nashville Predators. Uh, make no mistake about it. So uh, playing really good hockey. Uh, I like them here, again, in the money line. And liking as well, of course. And Alex liking the uh, first period, both teams to score here with uh, Penguins and Predators. Dallas and Winnipeg, the Jets. This is actually Rick Bonus back home for a, a home game for the first time since he's returned behind the bench uh, for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Dallas minus 120, road favorite, six the total uh, here in this game. Um, I expect, you know, I expect Winnipeg to be looking to bounce back. They didn't play that bad against uh, Nashville. Keep in mind, they did they did rest uh, Connor Hellebuck that night. Uh, it was uh, Laurent Brossois in net instead that night where they lose to the uh, Predators three to two. Uh, Ottinger and Hellebuck, your goaltending matchup going into this game tonight with the uh, Stars and the Jets. But I like the Jets here as a home underdog. The price is good, uh, six and four. They've actually played Dallas very well here uh, in Winnipeg uh, for the most part as well. Uh, you look at the uh, meetings here. They've also all been close. This is maybe a nice little draw candidate as well, even though I like Winnipeg uh, plus 100. I've got a little piece of the draw here as well with the uh, Stars and the Jets. You can find that at plus 350 here in this game uh, as well. Um, and you look also, too, oddly enough, you would, uh, you know, you've seen a, a nice mix as far as totals go head-to-head uh, between unders and overs. Dallas, though, I'm telling you what, I have not loved the trajectory of their defense. They've had too many lapses defensively. We know when they're on their game, they can be very good defensively. They have not been lately, though. We have seen lapses from them, like when they gave up a lead to Colorado and gave up six like when they gave up uh, seven to Calgary the other night in a shocking, you know, third period where they gave up the lead and lost seven, four to the flames. So that's not what you want to see. And they've also gone five of their last six to the over going into this game. So points bet earlier today, I don't know if it's still there. Total fell to five and a half at points bet minus 140. Once it got down there, I'm like at five and a half, I'm going to jump on it uh, over five and a half here uh, in this game, took it at minus 140. Uh, at points bet six, I would still lean that way, but I really like getting it at the five and a half. And I'm also on Jets draw split here in this one. Alex, Dallas, Winnipeg. I mean, five and a half, 140. Should have just waited for the end game for the betcast tonight to grab that at a, at a better price. But any, yeah, if you like total, definitely by all means wait and grab it live. Yeah, uh, I'm going with the draw here on this. I got like I said plus 250 at FanDuel. Definitely want to shop around. I think FanDuel is probably the highest price. I actually saw one book had. This one right at 300 and a couple of them 290. So, you know, the books are well aware of the trend. Six of the last nine meetings have gone past regulation. Seven of the last nine meetings have been decided by one goal. So I expect another close one, then I'm going to draw. 
Yeah, and well, I'm not going to argue with Cuban, but he's uh, been pumping the uh, Mason Appleton tires all day about his him scoring tonight, and the price is good, plus 420. He loves scoring at home. That's true. Most of his goals do come at uh, Canada Life Center uh, there in uh, Winnipeg. So uh, definitely I could see that. Uh, he's definitely been more a home ice offensive producer this year for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. I'm going back to the guy that Cole, Cole Perfetti we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, continues to be solid in his second-line role, productive uh, for this Winnipeg team. Like I said, this is the first home game for Winnipeg since Rick Bonus rejoined the team. So uh, I think there's a little incentive here uh, to have a nice uh, outing here back home. And I think the betting markets are indi- indicative of that because money has just slowly trickled in on Winnipeg uh, here in this game because Dallas opened minus 125 to minus 130, and they're down to minus 120 uh, here in this game. Uh, all right, next up we've got uh, the St. Louis Blues and the Minnesota Wild. And that's another thing we actually uh, t- totally forgot to talk about in the uh, <laughs> the early part of the show. There's so yeah. much going on with Patrick Kane, and we wanted to get to the Perry stuff, uh, and we wanted to get to the recap. How could we gloss over a coaching change in Minnesota? Dean Evason, gone from the uh, Minnesota yeah. Wild, uh, let go. And look, to me, it was always just a matter of time, not when, not if, but when. And it finally happened. And I, I kind of figured that Detroit law, that was listless. If anyone watched that Detroit game that Minnesota lost on the week, that was listless, lethargic. It was like a team that had nothing left. And it was time to get a new voice and a new face and just a new uh, a new coach behind the bench. And uh, unfortunate for Dean Evason, who I'm going to miss the yeah. stare downs. I'm going to miss the death stare. I'm going to miss the, the look on the face like he's ready to murder somebody. I'm really going to miss that, but he's a good coach. Good man was a hard nosed player back in his day. Uh, very tough. And he'll be back. He'll get another opportunity. No question. Yeah. I have no doubt about that. Kind of like Woodcroft. Both of those guys are going to get an opportunity uh, once again here for the uh, Minnesota. Uh, for He will. And so will Woodcroft. They'll get an opportunity elsewhere. So I knew there'd be an interim coach, but my gosh, I can't <laughs> I just, <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, John Hines, really? Seriously, we're going to just recycle these old relic that haven't even done jack squat, jack shit in the NHL uh, at any point. And we're going to just bring this a guy like that in here to be the head coach, a guy that just drove New Jersey into the ditch when he coached there. Was not any good in Nashville except for a little, you know, a little surge after they traded everybody away last year. And he almost, and credit to him, that was a nice little run. But that's really the hallmark of his head coaching tenures from New Jersey and Nashville combined. He had a nice little 20-game stretch when they obliterated the roster already uh, right. and decided yep. on rebuilding. But we he put together a nice little 20-game stretch and almost snuck that Nashville team into the playoffs. Hmm, let's bring him on and get him to replace Dean Evason here uh, in Minnesota. I mean, when are we going to stop with this nonsense, with recycling coaches, and especially ones that are mediocrity at best? And that's exactly what John Hines is at, at this point in time. So, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't think it's going to work. I don't even know if he is the long-term guy for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, but uh, I think Bill Guerin just, um, you know, it's just uh, playing tiddlywinks in his office and said the, whatever the, the coin lands on, we're going to end up choosing him to be the interim coach. I mean, I, it's just hard to believe you could come up with a young kid that's busting his tail in the AHL or some, uh, you know, up-and-coming minor league coach or someone a little bit younger uh, to come in here. Woodcroft was on the sideline and he uh, didn't even consider him. Uh, all of a sudden, here's John Hines, an old recycled coach that has had little, if any, success in the NHL as a head coach. 
yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm baffled personally. I'm bewildered. I'm befuddled. Uh, I really can't uh, believe we're, we're seeing this right now. But nevertheless, for one game, I don't care who it is. You could put a, uh, a pinata on a stick behind the bench, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the, the team does respond, especially in that first game. And I would expect to see that here tonight. So for me, it's a Minnesota uh, regulation and minus one split for me. And I know the Blues are on their dad's trip on the road here. And we got a good effort from them uh, against Chicago the other night. But come on, uh, even with Chicago, uh, Minnesota's issues, you know, we know they're on paper. They should be better than Chicago, although it hasn't looked like it based on the standings. For one night, we'll take Minnesota because we've just seen it. We saw it with Edmonton. Uh, we saw it with, uh, you know, every recent first game with the new head coach, you name it. We've seen that uh, step up effort, the attention to detail, the urgency level, at least for one game is there. And obviously it's not like St. Louis is a world beater by any stretch of the imagination either. So Minnesota here uh, split between the regulation and minus one right around even money here uh, in this one. Uh, Alex, you're right there. What's the, the feeling and the app uh, and the, uh, just a vibe right now with Minnesota making the coaching change. No, the, the vibe around here has been kind of really quiet, oddly quiet. And and most people are just kind of saying, well, yeah, something needed to happen. They need to fire them. And uh, it doesn't seem to be much of joy or kind of uh, amazement. It doesn't seem to be like there's going to be any spark. And like you said, you know, why do you sign a guy like John Hines, uh, you know, to come in into this situation? My thing is you don't, buy dynamite to cook with you buy dynamite to blow shit up so i'm thinking john hines is going to be the person that's in charge of driving the tank and they're going to start dismantling this team we're going to start seeing some moves and that you know while they're going to probably realize that they're in cap hell now for the next two years to the point where they can't compete now they got to sell off and try and build for the future and try and build the future quickly as possible so it's going to be a rebuild but it's going to be a sped up rebuild and maybe you have Hines here for the rest of the season, and then you bring in the guy that you want. You know, Garen now really gets to get his guy one more time and build something for the future, and that might be a younger hire. So I think this is uh, uh, not so much a, a spark. I think this is going to be a deflation, and I think we continue to see the decline of the Minnesota Wild here. I love St. Louis in this spot, and I was stunned before this, uh, you know, uh, the firing yesterday. We were on the air. And right as we were talking about the back, I was with you on St. Louis before the firing happened because I wasn't sure the firing was going to happen. Yeah, but but yesterday, yeah, at plus one, it was at plus one forty-five when it opened. So I bet it right yesterday when it opened at one forty-five, and this is a big bet for me. Uh, I'll I'll tell you that right now. This is my best bet of the night. So I love St. Louis in this spot. They've been here since Sunday evening because that game ended around three o'clock on Sunday. They flew right here. They had the St. Paul Hotel, the dads and the, and the kids, they all went out for a big dinner last night. So they're all resting, relaxed. They're playing good hockey. I think Minnesota's in disarray right now. And like I said, I don't think this is a spark up of, of let's try and save this season. I think there's a lot of guys in that room that know that, you know, their days as a Minnesota wild player are numbered. Uh, and I think there might be a lot of uncertainty with that organization moving forward. So give me St. Louis. I also like both teams to score in the first period. That's plus 150. I'll also be looking for the first period over on the betcast. Yeah, actually, I like that. Both teams to score. I, I really think that definitely could be a sign. I, I like it. I like that. And look, you committed to this. I, you were telling me uh, in there in our uh, uh, texts back and forth that you were committed to St. Louis uh, right away after they lost yeah. to Detroit. Uh, now, you didn't see the coaching change coming, and certainly I didn't. Uh, but that hasn't wavered your opinion one bit. You still like St. Louis here. 
Uh, and you're right. This is not one of those stronger coaching angle bets for me with Minnesota. In fact, I'm worried about it. I'm on it because this is just what I do. I've done it for years. First game right. with the new head coach, I bet that team, regardless of yeah. who it is, the situation, the record, whatever, the opponent, whatever. Uh, I just bet it. Uh, but and you're I right. Totally I don't feel that. as good about this as many of the ones I've bet in the years. I'll tell you that. And here's the thing: Ian. you probably look to fade them if you do, if you see classic John Hines in this wild team. Now you'll probably be looking to fade them moving forward, right? Yeah, this is not going to be a, if they win tonight we ride them type of deal. This right. is, I think, just one night. Uh, I'm not con- convinced it's going to be like a ten game win streak from this point on at all. Uh, so this is just a one night thing. Uh, but I like that you're sticking to your guns as well with uh, St. Louis uh, there. Uh, so I like it. We're oppo for a very rare uh, instance. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, Jake Neighbors, won't you be my neighbors? I, even though I like, I'm like, i on Minnesota tonight, you know we got to go back to that. If he's still on the top line, and I see no reason why he shouldn't be. Yes, he's still up with Thomas and Neighbors and Thomas. I mean, and Braun, Braun is actually going up to the second line for the uh, Blues tonight. So Jacob Braun might actually be worth a look uh, here in this game. Not to mention he's been in a healthy scratch. And now he's getting this opportunity in the second line. So Brube's giving him a shot here, Jacob Brana. So, uh, yeah, any of those three guys, Robert Thomas, um, Jacob Brana, and especially Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors is the best of the bunch. We cashed the bargain, been special uh, of the night with him uh, the other night. So, yeah, he's a great prop bet still, uh, once again, for the Blues tonight in this game. Uh, for Minnesota, I'm, I'm Rossi, I, I think, might be worth a look. Because Rossi's the one guy that's actually had a good offensive season. Boldy's disappointed. Zuccarello's been inconsistent. And obviously, Kaprizov's been way down from what he's done uh, in years past. So those are the guys you got to hope get going, you know, tonight for John Hines in the new era. But will they? That reminds that remains the uh, big question uh, going into this one. I lean over the total as well, but this might be with the bet cast. Maybe look for something, a five and a half live. That's my target with the uh, live over here in this one. And I do think we could see some goals. All right, next up, we've got Seattle, Chicago. Seattle minus 190, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, I took Seattle team total here, over three and a half. Uh, rather than Seattle minus 190, which to me is just too expensive on the road. Uh, the minus 105 on the Kraken team total over, I like that and prefer that instead. Uh, Marazic and net for the uh, Blackhawks. He's probably been a little bit better than uh, Arvid. Uh, Soderblom this year, but still has a four and six losing record. Has lost his last three uh, starts, 11 goals allowed on 69 shots, 3.24 goals against, 904 save percentage for Marazic coming into this game. Uh, Grubauer in net here for Seattle. Uh, yeah, it's just a straightforward. I, I think Seattle, you know, in this game uh, has the chance here to get, uh, you know, three uh, or four plus goals in this one. Chicago's obviously got a lot going on right now. Uh, internally with the organization, although now you could say a little bit behind them now with uh, Corey Perry officially uh, placed on waivers. But, uh, you know, Seattle has also dominated Chicago. It's worth noting a head-to-head series. Kraken have done very well uh, against the uh, Blackhawks. I don't want to lay minus 190, though. I'd rather lay minus 105 on a Seattle team total uh, over three and a half than minus 190, which is exactly what I did. All right, Alex, what do you think here? Seattle, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I'm going with the first period over. Uh, I laid the dollar uh, thirty with one and a half. I'm also going both teams to score in the first period and get that plus one fifty five at BetMGM and give me Connor Bedard to score a goal plus one seventy. I think Connor Bedard is going to really step up tonight. I think he's going to go on a little bit of a streak here in these next two or three games. So 
Uh, but it's hard to get a goal with plus 170, not bargain bin material, but it's good enough to put in my in my official card. Those are my three plays tonight. Well, if the uh, so-called rumors are true, you would think he's going to start going on a roll because the, uh, right. the problems are behind him now and the problems have been removed. So uh, if you believe that, if it's proven to be true, which we don't know right. yet, but clearly there were some issues going on with uh, – Corey Perry. We don't know, but we'll see if we'll let's see how Bedard actually plays now after this whole Corey Perry, you know, out of the organization uh, move happens. So uh, we'll wait and see. Uh, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But if Chicago can score tonight, you know, you would think the over might be in play as well. But again, with the six and a half, knowing we have the bat cast, we're going to look maybe full game for something a little bit better. I like the first period. Both teams look, though, that could that could definitely happen. There's also a player that I have targeted uh, in this game for my bargain bin player. No doubt. I like props, too, for Seattle. Anyone on their top line because they have a huge, huge uh, – Chicago has been torched by top lines lately defensively. Look at St. Louis game, for example. Neighbors and Thomas and company did a tap dance on Chicago. So, to me, that means Beneers, Eberly, and McCann, uh, that top line for the uh, Seattle Kraken. They're all live as far as player props tonight, all three of them, McCann, Beneers, uh, and Eberly uh, for uh, Seattle uh, on that uh, top line tonight for them. Here's one that's interesting. Here's a little small flyer for you on the uh, Seattle side. Uh, he's been summoned from uh, Coachella Valley, uh, the farm team in the American Hockey League. Bjorkstrand's out, likely not going to play. Brandon Tanev has a lower body injury, so he's out as well. Uh, Andrew Podorowski has been called up, and he's going to be on the second line for the uh, Seattle Kraken, possibly tonight. At least uh, Rotowire has him listed uh, on the uh, second line. He hasn't played in the NHL since 2021-22 with the Hurricanes, which is the team that drafted him, Carolina. He had two assists in two games with Carolina. (coughs) Excuse me, uh, during that span. So uh, we'll see if his props are offered. He's just been called up just like the last 24 hours. So we'll see uh, if, yeah, we do. His goal prop is plus 550. So why not, <laughs> excuse me, um, with a, a little shot there on maybe Podorowski to uh, find the back of the net. Uh, Tampa Bay, Arizona. Uh, we've got Tampa Bay minus 120, six and a half the total. Alex, give your thoughts on this game. I need some yeah. water before I take that. <laughs> I was going to say, take a break right quick for sure. This game's interesting. Uh, obviously, seeing, you know, someone mentioned in the chat, wow, to see Arizona uh, even money against the Tampa Bay Lightning is pretty interesting, but it makes sense. Jonas Johansson's first start since now being relegated back to the position he was supposed to be at the beginning of the year, essentially the backup role. How does that affect him mentally? Uh, that's something that we'll have to see. You know, is he more relaxed? Maybe he plays the best hockey we've seen him ever play because now he doesn't have to worry about the fact that he's going to, you know, be the starter. He, you know, he's comfortable. Maybe he's more comfortable now that he's had this trial by fire. He's, you know, played more games than anybody would have expected him to play the entire year already this at this point in, in the season. So maybe that's comfort or maybe he, you know, kind of regresses even further back to his natural state and we see him struggle. That's the biggest thing I want to look at here. So this is a game I'm kind of staying away from, uh, you know, maybe look at some Arizona player props to score. Uh, looking for some totals that open up live in-game. Connor Ingram and net for Arizona, so I'm not rushing to back him just because he had a great shutout uh, against the Vegas offense that has vanished, you know, like a, a magic show on the strip. So uh, this is a game I'll be waiting for in-game. 
Yeah, I like over in this game, uh, six and a half. I might just keep it small, though, look for a live over, maybe a better number, five and a half if it starts slow. But I like betting Tampa Bay overs when they get either shut out or one goal uh, in the previous game, like last night against Colorado. Uh, usually their offense does bounce back. Uh, I could see that here uh, in this game. Although Connor Ingram's playing well, and he's getting the start again uh, for Arizona. 7-3-1 and one, uh, entering this game. I think there's a reason in Tampa Bay is just a very, very short road favorite. I think Arizona does have a chance tonight uh, in this game. So I would lean Arizona plus 100 here as well uh, in this game. But do like over six and a half, uh, maybe a smaller bet on the Coyotes. But not only back-to-back on the road, but we have to acknowledge they have been very bad on the road, four and seven for uh, for Tampa Bay away from home this year. It's a terrible road record for a team of this caliber. And it's back-to-back after being in the altitude last night. So tricky spot. They also lost in Arizona last year, one nothing when these two teams played. So Arizona could be live here. I agree. would look over six and a half. And you're right, as far as up props go, Lawson Krause for Arizona, it just continues to be really, really exceptional for them. Uh, Logan Cooley, by the way, looks like top line maybe for him tonight uh, for the uh, Coyotes. So he's definitely maybe going to have some value with his props if he's going to be moved up the lineup, which it looks like he will. And don't sleep on Bukestad as well. Bukestad now with uh, points in three straight games for the uh, Coyotes. He's been solid. Michelli's on a four-game point streak. He's worth a look. But again, the main one for me is Lawson Krause. Lawson Krause on fire. Five goals in the last six games, five points. Uh, in the last six games as well uh, for the uh, uh, Arizona Coyotes. So it's been a very good player prop option for them, uh, no question. All right, one of the featured games of the night, playoff rematch here, second round last year, first regular season meeting this year between these teams, Vegas and Edmonton. Uh, Oilers minus 145, home favorite, six and a half the total. I can't believe I'm thinking of betting the Edmonton Oilers this quickly. Uh, knowing the bad season they've had and knowing that how bad they were, but they pounded Washington best game of the year. They've played They had a little bit of a shaky start against Anaheim and albeit Anaheim struggling, but they beat the hell out of them the rest of the way, eight to two and Skinner, he settled down and now he's given up just two goals in his last two starts. So he's finding his way again. If you can't bet Edmonton tonight, when can you bet them? When can, if you can't trust them tonight, when can you trust them? Think about how this sets up for them. They're starting to get some confidence back. They've won two in a row. They have the rest advantage. Vegas is coming in on a back-to-back on the road. And Vegas's current form is not good. Their offense is completely dried up. They've shut out at home by the Arizona Coyotes. Only score one goal last night uh, against the uh, Calgary Flames uh, in that game. Um, and now here they are against Edmonton on a back-to-back where they're struggling. Nobody's putting the puck in the net for this Golden Knights team all of a sudden. Now you can counter that with saying the Oilers have struggled in the majority of the year to keep the puck out, but they have done a better job of that here at least uh, the last couple of games. So I can't believe I'm doing it, but I am going to look at Edmonton in some direction. I think I might prefer team total, though, rather than the money line. Um, If Edmonton's going to win, they're going to score goals. Look at the last two games, five and eight. Uh, in those two games and and they get Vegas on a back-to-back they get Logan Thompson most likely uh, in this game I don't think it's been nearly as good as uh, Aiden Hill uh, this year for the uh, Golden Knights and you've got an Edmonton team that's rested an Edmonton team that if any game on their regular season schedule up to this point is circled it's this one for the Edmonton Oilers because they felt that if Vegas is not blocking their path to the Stanley Cup last year they could have won it 
Right. Maybe there's some truth to that because that version of Edmonton was obviously playing better than what we've seen the majority of this season from Edmonton, but they still feel like if Vegas was not in our way, we could have won the Stanley cup last year. So, you know, I have to bet Edmonton. It's just, there's too many things lining up for them now. Could they screw it up? Cause they're Edmonton. Of course we know that, but uh, Edmonton team total over three and a half for me and small, small pinch on the money line for minus. I actually got it at a better price minus minus one thirty-five. It's gone up since then to minus minus one forty-five. Uh, Alex, how are you looking at this one? A uh, interesting matchup. Uh, playoff rematch, Vegas, Edmonton. Yeah, I'm taking a small shot with Edmonton regulation. Like I said, I, I don't like Vegas's form at all right now. And I think there's some motivation here with, with Edmonton. I also think Edmonton will at least be able to kind of kick that offense up a little bit with Vegas. So I'm taking a shot with first period over in game. 15-3 and three to the first period over the last 18 meetings between these two teams. So it's been a lot of high scoring. And if Vegas is going to get that offense rolling, they could definitely do it tonight against an Edmonton team that's either – rolling out Stuart Skinner or, or uh, uh, Calvin Pickard. Either one, take your pick. They have not been good, especially early in game. So first period over live and a small shot with Edmonton in regulation. Uh, Vegas has to prove to me that they've got their offense back again. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. It's going to be uh, interesting to see how this goes. Uh, like I said, this is not going to become a habit for me. I'm still a little <laughs> a little – reluctant to bet Edmonton, but I, in this spot, they couldn't, it's like Toronto against Florida tonight. It really couldn't set up better for these two damn teams, the Leafs and the Oilers. You know, you're the rested team. You got the opponent coming in on a back to back on the road, an opponent that um, you're trying to uh, beat badly because they beat you in the playoffs. Um, so it's, it, they're Edmonton and Toronto spots tonight. They are both of these games, Leafs versus the Panthers. And the uh, I feel a little bit better about this one though. Because Florida is still playing very well right now. Vegas isn't. Vegas has definitely fallen off as far as their form is concerned. So no better opportunity and time for uh, Edmonton uh, to maybe uh, get a win here. We'll see if they can get the job done. Like I said, I got a little piece of the money line and also looking more, though, at the team total here, uh, over three and a half. Uh, at pretty good odds here. You can get Edmonton team total. I got it. When did I get it at? Plus 105. You know, really, really good price. Uh, on that Oilers team total. All right, final game of this uh, Tuesday card. And, of course, it's a BetCast Tuesday night. We remind you of that. Uh, make sure you join us 7 p.m. Eastern. We are looking forward to it very much. It's going to be a fun night, a lot of interesting games uh, on the slate, and hopefully some good live betting opportunities as well. Anaheim, Vancouver, our last game on the slate. We've got Vancouver minus uh, – two, actually, minus 270 is what that price should be. It's changed. Uh, it's gone up a little since – uh, earlier this morning when I typed up all the marquees. Uh, there we go. Vancouver minus 270, uh, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. I mean, Anaheim's a tough team to get to right now. Uh, they, they've definitely fallen uh, on hard times here in their biggest rut of the season. Um, and uh, it's, you know, what is it now? Six game losing streak uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, losses uh, to uh, Florida, St. Louis, Colorado. Uh, Montreal, L.A., and then an 8-2 shellacking at the hands of uh, Edmonton uh, in their last game. So it hasn't been good. Uh, their defensive play, uh, about as bad as I've seen it from them uh, this season. Now, this was a lot like the Dallas Aikens days, what I saw Sunday night against Edmonton. Just odd man rushes, breakaways, uh, lapses in coverage, people left all alone uh, in front of the net. So uh, absolutely uh, chaotic. Uh, dis disgraceful, honestly, defensive play from the Anaheim Ducks the other night. So they know they have to shore that up for sure. And right now they are struggling with their uh, confidence 
uh, at this point in time, the uh, Anaheim Ducks, especially defensively. Now, Lucas Dostal was not great at all uh, in that game either, but um, yeah, it's just not good. And Greg Cronin knows it. He says it's terrible to be on the losing side of an 8-2 game. A lot of our guys are not used to seeing McDavid or Dreisaitl on the team's fast, so we'll learn from it. We're on a bit of a losing streak. We've got to figure out a way to get out of it. So uh, not, you know, losing, you know, he's not losing his temper or anything like that. He knows he's got a young group. There's going to be ups and downs uh, for this team uh, for the course of the long season. But I don't know if you uh, picked the right night or the right opponent to iron out those uh, issues against because Rick Tockett kind of read his team the riot act after that 4-3 loss to San Jose. Now, it was a tricky spot. They were in Seattle the night before, and they, they played a shit ton of games, a lot on the road, a lot of travel. But Rick Tockett didn't allow his team to use that as an excuse, saying, I know we played a lot of hockey, but, you know, we've got to be better than that. And uh, he was pretty, uh, you know, he, he hasn't hesitated at times to, even with the good season Vancouver's had, to say something negative to try to spur his team on the next game. Uh, and he certainly did that after the San Jose loss. So I'd expect Vancouver to bring it tonight. And given the Ducks' woes right now, that could be trouble for them uh, here in this game tonight. Um, I definitely would look lean over with this total uh, at six and a half. I mean, the Ducks have certainly, uh, until they see show some sort sort of a, a defensive turnaround, you know, we have seen them give up a whopping 17 goals in their last three games. Uh, that's not what you want to see you got to think Vancouver's going to be able to make them pay for that. Uh, Vancouver's been trending over as well uh, to the tune of 7-2, and two, their last uh, nine. So at 6.5, uh, the over's the only way I could look here. Uh, Alex, what do you think here at Anaheim, Vancouver? Yeah, I'm getting a little creative with this game. There's two things that I like. I can get both of them in Benham GM. You can find us at a couple other domestic books. But first period over two at plus 105. And I'm also going with Canucks to win the first period. And over two and a half goals in the first period combined, plus 325. That's a combo bet you can get over at Ben MGM. I think the Canucks are going to come out and dominate early in, in this game. They've won uh, five of the last six meetings and in you know high fashion as well. So I think we see high scoring early. We can get enough of that first period over, but I'm going to get a little creative. That See, the Canucks get out of there with the, with the lead, and we see three goals uh, in that first period, plus 325. I like the value there. So that's a over two and a half. That's right. Over two and a half in the first period. And that's, that's connected uh, with, with Canucks to win the first period. And Canucks to win the first period. So uh, a little bit of both. Vancouver first period. basically a Vancouver first period money line and uh, Anaheim Vancouver over two and a half parlay, yeah, if you will. Uh, right. Alex liking that in this game at a really a nice plus price. Like I said, I like uh, the over here, six and a half. And as far as goals go or props are concerned in this game, you know, for uh, Anaheim, uh, you know, they've obviously defense has to probably be uh, what they're more concerned about tonight. But I don't know if they're going to keep Vancouver in check. Um, Quinn Hughes, Phil Horonic. Uh, I mean, they've been absolutely outstanding in terms of point production. Can't argue with that. Miller. Uh, I want to see, by the way, if Kuzmenko is back tonight. I think he is. and He got scratched the last game. I like that betting angle. Wake up call for someone that uh, the coach had him uh, uh, riding the pine and a uh, healthy scratch. Uh, does that get him going? And he looks like he's right back to the top line tonight, paired with uh, Ilya Mikheyev and uh, Elias Pettersson uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. So he sat, watched for two games, back in the lineup tonight. Uh, maybe you look at Kuzmenko here, uh, the, get, maybe getting the wake-up call uh, that you know Rick Tockett hopes this is for him. Uh, so maybe goal assist props of some kind for Kuzmenko tonight 
uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks as he rejoins the lineup after being a healthy scratch uh, the last two. All right, great stuff. Um, we got our bet cast tonight. Reminder, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, join us for that. We got the beer fridge stock, and, and then I'm not back to 100% health, but it doesn't stop me from boozing. It never does. I've been drinking <laughs> beer and, and stuff uh, every day while I've been sick, um, so that never stops, even when I'm under the weather. Uh, so I'll be uh, bringing out the beer mug tonight. You better believe it. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you DM or email Alex or I for a spot on the Batcast, and we will uh, take you through pretty much the entire night. We might go right till the end of that Vancouver game. We'll certainly go right till the end of the nine nine Eastern games. But as long as Anaheim and Vancouver isn't a blowout, uh, we'll stay on right till the end of that uh, as well. So we'll go the, the 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 whole gusto, the full Monty, if you will, tonight uh, with the uh, Ice Guys Live uh, Batcast, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Looking forward to that. Can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. I got this little device here that I'll be uh, demonstrating uh, the evening. Uh, shout out to people at Cake for sending me that. We'll be uh, showing that off probably during the intermission of some of those early games. But it's going to be a lot of fun. This is a great card. I think this is the best card we've had uh, all season for, for the BetCast, even going back to even last uh, regular season. This yeah. is one of the better nights. So do you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun. No doubt. And uh, a lot of our good betting angles – and I'm going to, there's a betting angle that I've been, you know, working on and I've been just betting live bets without even posting it or sending it out to anyone or mentioning it on the show. Uh, but just personally, the last few nights and it's teams down by a goal or two and they get a big time penalty kill and even big, better, better than that, a five on three penalty kill. And it's crazy the momentum that team gets. And I've oh, seen yeah. some comebacks. I took advantage of this with Buffalo Friday night against Pittsburgh. They were down uh, a couple of penalties in a row. They killed when they were down 2 nothing. They came back. They won the game 3-2. It's just amazing how those little circumstances, not only to bet Buffalo at that time, but the next goal as well, which I know uh, Alex is often looking at. So we're going to find some of those tonight. We see a big-time kill in a game, and we see if we can get some momentum from that. So I'm hoping to use this uh, angle tonight a few times uh, during the uh, bet cast. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special. Uh, of the night. Uh, Alex, I know you've got one, so we'll start with you. What do you like for Bargain Bin tonight? Yeah, first I got to say, I, I love that you're learning the ways of the live betting. That's that's awesome to see. So uh, <laughs> definitely looking forward to that tonight for sure. Well, let's go to the Hawks game tonight uh, against the Kraken. Let's go with a guy who I was stunned to see that he's not, you know, was never a part of the Kraken, but was so happy to, that he became a member of the Blackhawks. That's Ryan Donato. Uh, a guy who has been a bit streaky. I understand why he's moved around a little bit. He's one of those guys that needs to get his offensive game a bit more consistent, like Jason Dickinson. Same kind of a deal. But once he can, you know, get into a little bit of a rhythm, he's a guy who, who's, uh, you know, giving you some good odds. Plus 460 at FanDuel tonight to score a goal. I think he'll be able to get one in the back net against his old club. So give me Ryan Donato as my bargain bid special tonight. tonight. I like it there. Ryan Donato. Uh, Donato's Pizza. Uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And I know Cuban put in the chat, I think that's one of his goal props tonight. Uh, so there you go. Ryan Donato for the uh, Chicago uh, Blackhawks can get a really good price, upwards of plus 460 uh, at FanDuel uh, with that. So an excellent price. Uh, for my bargain bin special of the night, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to, I've already mentioned him uh, on this show, very first game we talked about, New York Islanders, New Jersey Devils. First round pick, great offensive talent, and just starting to show signs of it right now uh, for the New Jersey Devils. Goals in consecutive games coming into tonight. Let's go with Alexander Holtz uh, for the New Jersey Devils for my bargain bin special 
uh, of this Tuesday night card. Uh, a very good price here with him again, scoring in back-to-back games for the Devils, getting that confidence going. And you can find him at plus 400, plus 400 at FanDuel uh, to find the back of the net tonight. So Alex Holtz, New Jersey, uh, for my uh, bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Yeah, we're going to go up the street. Uh, St. Louis and Minnesota, give me the Blues, plus 140. I have no reason. Uh, I have no don't understand why on earth that St. Louis would be plus 140. This is a team that should honestly be favored in this spot. I don't care about uh, Dean Evison being gone. They're hiring John Hines. Like I said, that's going to more than likely signal the beginning of the end for a lot of these guys in Minnesota, and that could possibly mean the tank is going down 6th Street. They just cleared off all the construction right here at 6th Street, 7th Street, so it's perfect time for the tank to show up and uh, be here in downtown St. Paul. Give me the St. Louis Blues. Plus 140 is my best bet tonight. All right, there it is. St. Louis Blues, plus 140, road underdog against the uh, Minnesota Wild to spoil the debut of John Hines' uh, debut behind the bench for uh, the Minnesota Wild. So St. Louis, best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet for this uh, card, uh, we need a best bet winner. It's been a slump with them, but let's see if we can come uh, back with this one. Let's go out to the desert. Let's take Lightning Coyotes over six and a half, minus 120. I like it. I think the Lightning are a team I like to bet, bet on as far as goals are concerned. Uh, an offensive bounce back when they struggle the previous game. I think they'll do that tonight. Meanwhile, I think Arizona, they get Johansson, not Vasilevsky, obviously, and they are capable, I think, of finding the back of the net here as well. And I think after that, you know, low scoring, you know, dull game with Vegas, I think you'll get to see Arizona get rolling here tonight a little bit, get a little more pace in their game. Tampa will allow you to play that way. So Lightning Coyotes over six and a half minus 120 for my best bet for this Tuesday card. All right, that's a wrap for now, but it's not a wrap for tonight. We are back, of course, uh, for the day, I should say. We are back later tonight. Uh, make sure you join us, Ice Guys Live Betcast, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Uh, make sure you join us for the Ice Guys Live Betcast. Uh, we are looking forward to it. And again, DM or email either me or Alex B. Smith, and we will send you the link for the Betcast before it begins. I do want to answer Mike, uh, his question. He said, uh, how many games do you watch at once uh, during the Betcast? Oh. I usually have three screens in yeah. front of me. And then I sometimes have my backup laptop next to me, although there's not always a lot of room for it with all kinds of shit and you know and remotes and drinks and all everything next to me so sometimes i won't use it but tonight with so many good games i might pull out the backup laptop so if i pull out the backup laptop to go with this main laptop in front of me i'll have the three screens in front of me plus the backup laptop so four games i might have streaming at the same time tonight and for me i'll have the television that's over here i'll have this screen where i watch two games at once and then i have my cell phone over here and then uh chances are i'll usually have something that's in the background usually like the wild game tonight for example probably be in the background with the audio yeah no doubt so uh, absolutely we are uh, looking forward to it for sure uh here as far as the uh betcast tonight uh absolutely outstanding all right a reminder the ice guys is live seven days a week monday to friday uh 2 p.m eastern saturday and sunday noon eastern if you can't watch the show live download the ice guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday. Enjoy the games and good luck. But we'll see you again in just a few hours for the Ice Guys live betcast, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Join us for then uh, and talk to you then. 